When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of Podroomer! Yeah, I'll be talking to Sue Collins in this one. You'd know her from uh, founding member of the Nulas. And... Um, founding a member of the double act the dirt birds who are doing really well touring all over the countryside one of these new acts who have made their name through putting up sketches on the internet uh, via social media and all that malarkey um well i've had a busy week i was uh, i was uh, down in tralee doing a gig on a thursday and then belfast on a friday how did I plan that out? Well, I did it. And uh, on my way between Tralee and Belfast, I thought I'd go to the this walkways near the Marble Arch Caves in Fermanagh, where they have wooden paths built up along the mountain. And uh, I decided I'd like to go for a walk there. But unfortunately, when I got there, it was it was raining. So I did it for a bit. But then my pants got wet. So I I gave up. But um, in between, had two sleeps in the car. Woke up uh, very strangely, woke up uh, one the second time after uh, on my way to Belfast and uh, had one of those. Where am I? Moments. Woke up in the car going, where am I? Have I just done a gig? I'm about to do a gig. And exactly where am I? And he lasted for, lasted long enough for me to be aware of it. Which is an interesting thing because I suppose like we take it for granted that we wake up and know who and where we are. Who we are, where we are, what we're doing in the world. But uh, occasionally... If we're in an odd place. And I'd only, only slept for about 10 minutes of it. So, yeah, it took me a moment to go, uh, what time is it? Would, am I just done a gig? If I got, oh, yeah, here I am. I'm, I'm in the car park outside of McDonald's. Glamorous. Glamorous life on the road. And then I went up. Yeah, so I went up to the, the Tralee gig was with Bernard Casey. Brilliant, lovely gig. Bernard Casey is a really good comedian based down in Kerry. Uh, but uh, also a bloke who's been doing really well on the um, internet with his 
character and uh, he, he's doing well and he's still based in Kerry he hasn't like many people might think they have to uh, move to Dublin or London or wherever but he's doing great anyway then went up to Belfast the Aragal Inn uh, good gig wasn't a huge crowd wasn't a huge crowd but it was a good old gig there and then uh, went and did a gig near where I live in the Lime Killen a really lovely restaurant in Julianstown this is a kind of a regular gig that I do every few months and uh, Colin McDonnell and uh, an act a girl called Emily Ashmore who is really I think going to be a massive star well I mean just a really good comedian I should say that's the most important thing uh, she's only 19 and I just think she's really good and uh uh, just as a comedian, just skilled for someone, someone so young. She's very skilled. Just know very, very much knows what she's doing. So uh, must get her on the podcast actually, and uh, she'll be doing another gig with myself and Colm and Sharon Mannion in Sligo in Andersons in Sligo on the thirty first of May. But she's very good. Mm. So and then. I've been, uh, oh, I had a late night on Saturday and uh, spent Sunday just recovering, lying around on the couch, watching Netflix, watching documentaries and stuff. And then went for a little cycle Monday, went for a run on Tuesday and I've got a hip problem, I've got a problem at my hip. That sounds bad, doesn't it? That sounds like an old person thing. But uh, it's been happening for years in a way. But then I went to the physio and uh, got just just got beaten up by the physio and and uh it's sore now but i presume that's the kind of soreness that's good for you oh just swack my elbow off the wall there anyway uh in my excitement so uh so here we go uh this is uh sue collins <laughs> From Dublin, I am from Dublin. Yeah, I'm from Stillorgan. Okay, Stillorgan. Oh, Stillorgan. Yeah. Stillorgan. Yeah. No, I'm from the lower end. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not as posh. No, I'm not. Slagging Stillorgan. I grew up in Kilmacud, which yeah. is um, uh, yeah, in a, in a state called Stillorgan Wood up there. So, all right. Yeah. And uh, but were both of your parents uh, musicians? Am I right there? Yeah, they were both yeah. classical musicians. Um, mm. My mother was the the leader of. Well, she led all the orchestras actually in the country. She started off with the light orchestra um, when she was 17 and she met my father um, in the orchestra and they were both at the back of the, at the, back of the queue. Um, they called them rank and filers. And what they, does that mean? It means that, you know, they're, they're right at the back of, so when mummy came in at 17, 18, she would have been the back of the viola section. Um, so we are at the back of the violin section, and oh, we yeah. always joke that she made her way up to to the top to the lead. She, she ended up leading all the orchestras, and then Daddy led the viola section, so he played the viola. All oh, right. Uh, mm. What does it mean that she led the orchestra? Um, she was the leader of all of the orchestras. 
um, what does that mean? That it means <laughs> you <laughs> don't know what the leader of the orchestra. Well, they're they're the primary violinist. Okay, okay. and and they they are the leader of the orchestra. Basically, they. That's a great title, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was the well, she was the leader of the symphony orchestra for many years. Yes. Yeah. So she she had a wonderful career. She had a tough time um, as a female. You know, when she was coming up through the ranks in the fifties. You know, as a married woman um really? in such a high profile you know uh job um but uh you mean there was pressure to pressure resi- to resi- to stay at home stay you at know home. and um so i remember like as a kid there was this headline in the paper with her photograph and it said get out you're a missus <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah That's yeah Archie had had uh had brought her in for talks and um uh, back then sure the 50s was still you know Archaic in 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 that way. Uh, right. I know the teachers in, had to. Yes, to give it's up a, job it was the same thing. It. Well, you see, they were in a SIP two. Um, you know, RT was a, a a pension paid SIP two job. So, oh. um, so that's that's that they had still those you know those uh, uh, disciplines within the the confines of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but they had a great great career, the two of them. So it was it was a kind of a they had a very strict up upbringing um in terms of they were given mummy was given the fiddle when she was four and that was that she was told she would have a career as a violinist and daddy grew up in a a real working class background in portadown mm-hmm. and uh, he was his father was a viola teacher and he was told that he was going to play the viola and that was that so they had a very similar upbringing but very strict so they never, they'd five children and they never really put any pressure on us at all to, to do anything. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's good and bad, you know. Um, uh, that's unusual. I, I would have thought that uh, to uh, tell your child you're going to have a career in music. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's interesting what happened. Um, I think my grandfather, my mother's father, um, was a sort of a, um, he, he had a dance band in Scotland uh, for years, and he, I think he just had they had they had real plans for the for mummy and, and her brother, you know, growing up in Scotland, and mm. they they wanted to better themselves, and through that, you know, they were sent to to music lessons and elocution lessons and horse riding and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, she she was she they must have seen some. T- it was a bizarre thing. It's kind of like Tiger Mom ish kind of approach, but. She must have shown some sort of talent as well because she was a phenomenal player mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, she was a great player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, she, she, they sadly died young. They died in their 50s. Uh, both yeah. my parents have cancer, oh, yeah. Well, what yeah. age were you then? I was, I was 19 when Daddy died and 25 when Mummy went six mm-hmm. years later, yeah. So, it was really tough on all of us. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm the only one that went into performance Oh, really? Five of us, yeah, yeah. But uh, your family history is show business soaked. Yeah, in it. It, yeah, and then of course marrying Phelan with you uh, married Phelan Drew. Phelan Drew, who's mm. obviously Ronnie's son. So that mm. side of it. So I, my kids just, just <laughs> we keep saying the words accountancy, accountancy. <laughs> and security. what are the, what, what does it look like? They're they're going towards. Um. They're pretty. Uh, th- I can see this pretty, pretty good little actors. I think. Yeah. yeah. And Vivian, the eldest, is a great musician. So you know, 
I think there's no getting away from it. I don't think there's any getting away from it, really. Yeah, and my two kids as well. My daughter wants to go to art college, and my yeah. son's going to student sound production. And I'm, I, I feel your pain. I'm like, I know. Oh, this. Really? Do you know the insecurity oh, that you're going to face? I know. And mm. then we all have friends who have, you know, jobs that they mightn't enjoy for the forty-five hours a week that are just the opposite they're like no do what you love to their you know with yeah. their kids it's 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 whatever because they haven't experienced the precarious sort of side of it that we have yes. all our lives um yeah. the 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 lean times and the worry and all that you know yeah they're kind of pushing their kids and they're going oh no i want him to follow his dream <laughs> I'm i telling know my friends <laughs> i'm saying my friends no 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 don't say that to you you know but it look it is what it is. Yeah, you know, like it is better they just do what they want to do. I think the they're. The, the I think it's a different generation, though. Do you think? I mean, I think they have to have this portfolio career. You know, they 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 do have a sort of a slightly different mindset in terms of, you know, you need to have other stra- strands of income. Yeah, maybe a slightly more kind of practical approach than we had. Yeah, but also I would say that even if you get a career in one of the what you call solid kind of careers, they're, they they they're not like that anymore. No, people don't have a job for life anymore. No, they so do. no matter no, what actually, you do, true. even if it's not in the arts, it's you will still have to survive. Yeah, yeah. Job from job to job, or, yeah. or be a bit more exactly. Yeah. So so we made the right choice then. Yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And you always keep saying to yourself, oh, well, people have more time off now, so they need uh, entertainment and they need yes, art. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. Totally. But I'll tell you, it's not like that. Obviously, you know, like that. When the 2007, 2008 crash came, there was very little work for oh, yeah. in the entertainment industry. Yeah, completely. And even those mm. little nice little corporates that you might get in December, gone. Yeah, voiceovers gone, gone. went even. Voiceovers went, which was... I think really hard for a lot of actors and mm. performers because that was your little bread and butter. Your few VOs a month would pay. You yeah. know that was your little security blanket. That's gone. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. No. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm just trying to discourage other people from getting involved in mm. comedy. So mm. that's more mm. work for me. Um, but. Um, so, did you, uh, from an early age, uh, feel that you wanted to pursue like uh, I the think acting? I did. Or, yeah. yeah, I think I kind of started in my teens. Really, I felt it. I was in a, uh, a private school, um, which had very little in terms of the arts. Um, really, very little. Um, this school had a, a great name in inverted commas, yeah. uh, but it really was the worst. It was. I didn't get on well at all in the school. Um, so, but I do, do remember feeling there was a fellow called Sean Omweeny, the Irish teacher who had a grow for putting on plays and things in the mm. school. And if, if it wasn't for him, I remember him putting on Pride and Prejudice and seeing the sixth years and going, oh, I want to do that. Mm. Um, you know, and kind of definitely, um, I didn't, I didn't do it immediately after school. I kind of, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was traveling and. And I got, I did my first acting class when I think it was about 21 or 22. Um, and then I went to do drama. Where, where, where was that? I did Pat Nolan and Rebecca Roper's acting classes in town when oh, I right. started. That's my first sort of, they were my first teachers. And they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I remember it was like three or four weeks in and I wanted to be a serious actress. Mm. Um, 
Oh yes, it was. It was. I was going to be very serious. And Rebecca Roper said, um, she said she brought me in and said, "Look, you're very, you're you're very funny." And I said, "What?" And she went, "Yeah, you've you 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 really slant towards the whole sort of comedy thing. You've got this sort of deadpan thing, and you're." timing and everything and I was like no I have no idea about that I, d- I don't understand what you're saying um, and she also said oh and remember we did that singing thing she said you've got a good voice too do you, would you think about singing less now and I don't want to be a singer what? Like, I really was just looking at her like she two heads mm. um, but she had kind of predicted weirdly what I would be doing like three or four years later, which is so... St- I, I've met her since, and I've often said that to her. I said, do you remember that time? She's like, she didn't remember, but I remember, because I remember thinking, that is really weird. Um, Did you find it a little bit insulting that she's saying... You- I found it incredibly insulting that she was going, you're, you're actually crap at Shakespeare, <laughs> but you're really funny. And I was like, What? Uh, so no, I I kind of yeah I kind of didn't get it, um, and I did I'm I did actually have a hidden passion for comedy then, which I didn't realise, because um, I do then what happened was I was brought to the comedy cellar, um, n- not uh, maybe a couple of years after that while I was in drama college in the Dublin School of Acting, um, which we used to call the Dublin School of Motoring, um, and I was brought upstairs up that up the windy stairs to the cellar and I just couldn't believe what was going on. Um, I, I remember the moment going, like it was just this little hidden gem where there was Mr. Trellis, you guys, yourself and Paul doing, you know, Quack Squad. Yeah, so Mr. Trellis is the Ardla Hanlon, Barry Murphy and Kevin Goody. Yeah. And then myself and Paul Tyler with yeah. the Quack Squad. Yeah, quack, yourself and Paul were Quack Squad. There was Ian Coppinger and uh, Paddy... Hickey. Paddy Hickey. They were called Fat, Fat Man's, Man's Picnic, Picnic Basket. Basket. Mm. Um, there was um, Mark Staunton. There was Dermot Carmody. There was Alex Lyons. There was, this is kind of 91, 92 we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There was Dylan Moran. There was um, all all that that era. And I, I, I just could not believe, especially kind of you guys, I think, and... Mr. Trellis really stood out because you were kind of doing more of a sort of a sketchy, even though you you were music based, but the the sketches Trellis were doing were just, I just couldn't believe what they were doing because I had not seen that stuff before live. Um, And I think that I literally that first night that I went, I think that's when I said, ah, I just love this. And I think I went down every single solitary Wednesday (laughs) Yeah, for for years, and then I met I met Michelle Reed, and I met um, Michelle Reed came over with uh, Michael Redmond from London. Michelle think, came w- over with Michael, that's right, yeah. and they were doing stand up, and they had been kind of kind of really big on the London circuit, and we were all going, "Ooh, it's Michelle Reed and, and Michael," um, mm. and uh, and that was very exciting. And Michelle sort of came over to to start her life in Dublin, and she was she was great because she was kind of doing these workshops, uh, improv workshops, and I remember myself and Eddie Bannon going down and feeling really nervous and shy and, you know, knocking on the door the city, in the City Arts Centre going, can we join in, please? And they were kind of going, yeah, maybe. And uh, <laughs> and then we kind of, that's that's kind of how I, that was sort of my baptism of fire, um, really, into comedy was was improv, which I always I, I was always terrified of. Um, but I was in the scene then. I, that was when I just sort of 
kind of knew that the comedy was going to be um, a thing, my thing. Mm. Um, I I still did acting. I still did shows and things like that. And and kind of was. I'm still kind of. I still really like straight straight acting as well. Mm. Um, and then then I met Anne Gildy um, uh, shortly after that, and myself and Anne and Tara Flynn set up the Newlas in 1995. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so that was great. And what was your first gig with the Nulas? Our first ever gig with the Nulas, um, we had t- there was two two gigs that were one th- our, one of our very first gigs was actually in Eamon Dorns. Do you remember that you did you used to do gigs there with yeah. Paul? Do you remember that you used to do? Do you remember with they had Paul with Woodful. Paul Woodfull? Yeah, yeah. yeah I you remember guys doing were doing a gigs there, mm. and we got booked to do a support. I have a funny feeling we we supported Paul anyway, I think. Mm. In, and we got reviewed in Hot Press, if you can believe that. Yeah. On your um, first gig? On our first gig. Wow. Um, and that was bizarre. And then I think, um, do you know, I, I wonder was that our first or second gig, but it was yeah. either of those. And the either first gig was in was in the cellar. Was the, was the cellar. It was, was the yeah. comedy cellar. Yeah. I think that really, I think we did do our first gig in the cellar, actually. And then shortly after, weirdly, we got, somebody asked us to do Eamon Jorns. Um, and then we would just do the cellar gigs. But we, we went to Edinburgh quite quickly, uh, which is unusual. Um, we we did, a, we went to Edinburgh in 95. Um, and we'd only started that April. Really? Um, you had a full, you had, you'd obviously got a No, we didn't. We The first year we went to Edinburgh, we did... Um, we did the student, the student um, circuit, which was yeah. this underground. I don't know if you remember this from Edinburgh. It was a kind of underground um, little circuit, all of its own, where you obviously didn't get paid, but you got paid maybe a few beers. I didn't know about this. Yes, no. and we were huge on the underground <laughs> student circuit, mm. um, and there were very few women at the time. Um, and I remember while we were there, um, contacting Karen Corn, who ran the Gilda Balloon, and saying we want to do a late and live, which was like the bear pit of the Edinburgh yeah. Festival at the so time. Late like, and live I mean, starts at twelve midnight, and everyone's pissed. The audience are pissed. Plastered. And and quite often, uh, acts get just booed off or insulted yeah. off. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she thought we were completely bonkers. Mm. Um, and we persisted. We were cocky and we were in our 20s and we were cocky and we were very, you know, sure about what we were doing. Mm. And um, I think it would, I think that sort of saved us in a way. But the night we were on, we were lucky also because Phil Kay was on. Um, remember Phil, the Scottish comic? Oh, yeah, Phil I know. Kay. I've done some gigs You've with him. You've done gigs with Phil, yeah. A year and a half ago, actually. Oh, did you? That yeah, wasn't great. Yeah. I, d- I wasn't sure whether he was still, he was still gigging or not. Yeah. Great. He's he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I loved him, and he was so supportive. Because um, mm. it, it for a twenty-something young one, you know, in a in a musical trio, mm. the whole late in life thing was quite lazy. Um, mm. Probably even as a lad, it was quite lazy. <laughs> yes, I actually myself. I'll, I'll let you know myself and Paul Tyler uh, were really savaged in late in life. Were you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like three tiers of people just oh, saying sh- you know. are shit. Oh, stop, stop, <laughs> Joe. It's it's it makes me feel sick. We were lucky. We mm. we were we it it just worked. We sang Bridget the Nun, yeah. um, which 
which we actually ended up dropping, you know, uh, uh, because it just doesn't work anymore. But but mm. back then it, it did. And, mm. and something just clicked and we were very lucky and we, we stormed. Um, and then um, we, it, it, just, it just, just a weird thing happened. It was just sort of, we, we got a, a run then the following year from, from Karen and and that was sort of seven years of the Edinburgh Festival after that then. So we kind of, that, 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 that was very instrumental, I think, in, in, in work in the UK for us. We, we went over and did two, two London runs, two or three London runs and, um, and a tour of England. Wow. Yeah, so so mm-hmm. we 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 kind of had work there. Um, then what? some, you know. Then we went to. Um, what year was that? In uh, we didn't do the UK tour until ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in London. Oh, London runs were in the drill hall. Two in the drill hall. You're talking about ninety eight. Mm. Um, that Amazing. kind of time, and then um, we did Melbourne. Uh, comedy festival, Adelaide Comedy Festival, and mm. Singapore, um, kind of around the same. Those those years were were sort of touring and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we 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 used to, you know, do fairly you know good runs here as well. And um, yeah, it was it was busy and it was great. Well, again, the the boom, yeah, that coincided with the around. boom. Yeah. So. That kind of helped as well. You um, did the Far East as well, didn't you? Or no, yeah. we didn't. No, didn't. It was no. Singapore just. Singapore, and okay. um, uh, Then we did New York as well. We did eight weeks in, New- in the eight Irish. Eight weeks? Yeah, wow. we did. Um, it was actually just after 9-11, which was very bizarre. Mm. We went over to the Irish Arts Centre and then we got an extended run, um, which was fantastic. Because um, mm. I think even though it was a, a very, obviously, very, very strange time to be in New York... I think everyone wanted to laugh. Yeah. Um, so they wanted a bit of light relief. We we did gigs to the just a whole room of firefighters as well one night, which wow. was incredible. And they all came and had drinks with us afterwards. So it was kind of a weird mix of emotions because they were still talking about their work and and what you know they'd gone through. But they loved the show and they were just laughing their heads off for a couple of hours. So it was, mm. it was that was that was great. That was great. Um, yeah, so that was the Nula's basically, and then we finished in two thousand. Yeah. Um, we hung up the boots in two thousand. Just before you did that, uh, had you um, got any much TV work? Like, had RTE taken up on it? Or in any um, surprise, surprise, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems bizarre, doesn't it? Yeah, With we so got much sort of spots. I mean, we did the Late Late yeah. Show. We did the Late Late Show with with gay burn actually wow <laughs> i know mm. yeah um and that was mm. and we did um like a spot you know what i mean like as we went on did a song mm-hmm. um yeah yeah a, a part of another show but yeah. not your own stuff it's kind of weird like this uh, they never no they never went for it they um mm. they would have us on you know the new year's eve special and things like mm. that or you know bits and pieces jerry ryan had us on a couple of times type of thing mm. But no, they didn't. Um, they didn't want to look at a sitcom. We we wrote um, sitcom proposals, mm-hmm. um, and we did it in front of uh, friends one night. And I thought it would have worked really well. Mm-hmm. It was quite heightened and surreal. I thought it was great, but they didn't. They didn't seem to want to go for any of that. Um, but I, you know, between 
UK work, it was we had more meetings in in England. Um, we did um, we did the Hammersmith um, lyric Hammersmith for a month, and um, mm. we got a lot of interest after that, and um, we had lots of meetings, more meetings, and more meetings with Tiger Aspect and Channel Four and people like that. So there was still quite a bit of. Um, you know, more interest from the UK. We had a great, great live career, really, you know, I think. Mm. Um, and it was kind of hard to put the Nulas on television. I will say that because we were like an act, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember a tree, a tri- I don't know, do you remember Corky and the Juice Pigs? I do, yeah. Three yeah. guys from from uh, Canada. Canada. And yeah. we Phil did Nickel and... Phil Nickel, who's gone on to have a great He's have a great solo career. career. Yeah. Uh, Sean Cullen. Sean Cullen. And Greg... I can't remember his second name. Yeah. And um, they would say the same. They never, they always, they had a very similar kind of sort of career to to us in that they had, you know, lots of meetings. But the idea was like, where are we going to, where, what, what are we going to do with you? What's the show? You know, you guys yeah. are like a musical comedy act. But. Well, it's a totally different dynamic if you were to yeah. go on TV. It would have to be maybe yeah. a variety show type vibe. Or yeah, we'd possibly. lots. I mean, over the years, we'd yeah. lots of... We, we, we got uh, two BBC Radio 4 series yeah. um, while we were in England as well, which was great. Um, yeah. One was based on... Um, What's that noise? It's the Hoover. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I'll just uh, say there is hoovering going on in the background. <laughs> There's yeah. hoovering going on. <laughs> it's it's not a robot hoover, which are coming into fashion. These robot hoovers really? that hoover your whole house while you're mm. at work. Oh, well, just, that's just put a lot of just by the by uh, people at work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so that was good. So we did two. Yeah, so then then and then when that was all going on, we stopped doing the newless. <laughs> We yeah. finished the new, yeah. I mean, I think to be honest with you, Joe, I think what happened was we kind of burnt ourselves out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the dynamic then uh, with writing songs? It was you and Anne were really the uh, myself and Anne, and then you, you um, were really the third one that kept changing. Yes, a bit like the drummer in Spinal drummer Tap. Drummer in Spinal Tap, exactly. <laughs> um, I think myself and Anne from the very start had the most vested interest in it. Um, you know, I. I I've kind of since learned from other trios that it can be similar. Like I know Fascinating Aida, you know, was the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that two people are. Really yeah, that two people are kind of, um, you know, just so dedicated to it or whatever. And I think myself and I had a very, myself and Anne always had a very strong writing um, dynamic. You know, mm-hmm. we we wrote we wrote very well together. And did you uh, write songs separately or write together? And it was, We wrote, yeah, well, You play um, guitar, do you? I do now, actually, weirdly. But I didn't in the new list, yeah. no. So how um, would you write a song? How would we write a song? Well, I think when it comes to comedy songs, as you probably know, mm-hmm. as you definitely know, mm-hmm. um, it's all about the lyric. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would have, I mean, Anne's extremely musical. She's a great singer and right. she's, she would hear a melody and she would write, mm. you know, she was a great, um, she was she was brilliant at, the, at writing, so coming up with ideas for songs. And mm-hmm. she'd have the bones of a really good, strong idea written. We'd mm. come in and um, whoever was on board, Karen Egan or Tara would come in then with guitar and we would 
write the harmonies or whatever. They all had sort of different journeys. Each song mm-hmm. had a different kind of journeys. Um, you worked hard on harmonies, I believe. We worked really mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, three-part harmony is, yeah, it's, it's time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, though, and I miss it now, I have to say, because um, we just finished the, our the eighth year. <laughs> second time around we've yeah. just finished so th- I mean it was great we we um, got back together in 2010 mm-hmm. and we we didn't we thought we would like do a couple of years maybe or we, it was a real case of let's see how it goes and it lasted for eight years with mm. Maria Tece so it was great it's yeah. been great um, but really did get very tired towards the last year or two um, I think we really felt Oh, we c- it's another. We need to go off and do our separate things. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I mean, to get that much time. I mean, if you think about it, it was actually fifteen years altogether. Yeah, uh, which is pretty good. Pretty good going. That's brilliant. It's really good. And, yeah. and did the audience change from your first incarnation to the second? What the audience have? Yeah, a they were older. Kind of, they were older. Yeah. <laughs> you see, what happens is when you get older, your audience just follow you. You, well, you, I find. Have you noticed that? Yes, I find though it's kind of good now for me. I went through a period where my audience couldn't go out because they had young kids. Yeah. But now they're able to come out again. Yeah. <laughs> With their children. Yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're coming back to the shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so. No, it's funny. It's funny. It's a funny one. When we when we got back in 2010, God, I mean, like you know, not to be. Ages to where, but there was it was an older audience. Yeah, I think then as the years and you went, look at the audience, go, well, why are these all these old people coming and go? Oh shit, I'm old as well. <laughs> <laughs> but they're your old fans. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That's the that's the truth of it. You know what I mean? I, what I mean then you it was great where they were bringing their daughters and their nieces. You know what I mean? And yeah. So that kind of, um, but like because I'm doing Dirtbirds full time now. Um, it's different. Um, we have a younger audience, yeah, uh, which is fantastic. Um, mainly because we we were born on social media. Um, yeah, the, the first Dirtbird sketch. Oh, well, let's talk about Dirtbirds in case people don't know. Yeah, so, so Dirtbirds. Um, in the meantime, in our kind of ten year break, um, I met Sinead Culbert, mm. who, um, well, the, the the joke is that she was she was talking to me. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> She won't be listening to this. It's fine. Um, she, yeah, she, she's another uh, comedian who rang, rang me and said, you know, I had very young kids at the time. I wasn't doing a huge amount. Um, I was just in kind of toddler bubble, mm-hmm. as you know those those days. And um, she was looking for someone to write write with, and uh, we met up and we completely clicked. Uh, we started writing together um, quite a quite a while ago. About about. 11, 12 years ago, actually. Mm. Um, and we wrote some, tel- some. we got picked up by BBC Three to write a tally project called Dirtbirds, um, which uh, at the very last hurdle didn't get made. Um, but we had a great time learning all about sitcom structure and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we were writing various things together and always kind of had these ideas, mainly for television. Um, and then um, just in 2016... She, we had all these characters and all these ideas and all this stuff, um, kind of in the backlog. And she just said, "Look, we'll we'll put up a sketch online," mm-hmm. um, which was our two of our characters, which was uh, Dee and Andrea, 
the beauty bloggers from Dundalk and RG. Um, so mm. they're beauty bloggers who haven't a clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Dee is the beautician um, and Andrea is the model mm. <clears throat> and a social influencer. Um, so they... Uh, <laughs> They just literally hit the zeitgeist because I think like even a few years ago was better for all the whole beauty blogging thing had mm. just come. I mean, there was just beauty bloggers everywhere. Um, so this was a complete piss take on all that stuff. Mm. And um, and that kind of went viral. And that was that. And then we continued on then doing Carmel and Debs with our, our Northsiders and then mm. um, Alnar Niemer. Alnar Niemer are our Southsiders, the competitive mothers think everything's absolutely amazing um and we started off doing these three sets of characters and then um we got a following and then they they all of the comments were when's the live show and this was sort of like september 2016 and we were like oh shit we've got to do a we've got to write a show now yeah which we'd never, never planned on at all. I oh. mean, myself and Sinead never worked live together. We mm. always just wrote for television or radio or whatever. Mm. And um, we just had a show. We just we just wrote a show and we launched it uh, the following February. Um, and that 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 was really the start of it. That yeah. just snowballed. So we're we're literally on our. We've been touring ever since. Yeah, you're selling out. Uh, selling out. Every, yeah, yeah, we are on our second show now. We're mm. we're touring Dirtbird Self Help Tour. Um, at the moment, we'll be touring that till December, mm. and uh, and we just got a book deal as well. So we've been oh, writing wow. a book. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. So Hatchet 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 Publishers approached us. I never know whether to say Hatchet or Hatchet. I think it's Hatchet. Right. I better, I better hatch it. Hatch it. <laughs> hatch it. <laughs> uh, publishers yeah. approached us um, about a Dirt Birds. It's, our tour is called the, the Self-Help Tour. So our book is going to be the Self-Help Guide. So it's a parody on a self-help book. That's a really amazing. I mean... I'd it's a great journey. It's It's been yeah. great, I have to say. It's hard work, but I think what it is, is it, it we've, we've kind of um, really hit on that... Um, you know, just lampooning the the struggles and strains of modern day living as a mother, mm. wife, and you know, and 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 a, career a professional cr- and profession, yeah. yeah, just juggling work, uh, motherhood, and everything else that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, I I, I think it's a, a kind of a niche mark. I mean, our we're ninety five percent female audience. Yeah, I mean, you would get four or five men. Right in 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 at a show. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to target those men because they're doing nothing. Joe, <laughs> we have just found your audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just follow you around with my show for the men. Anyway, <laughs> but it, it's okay. great. It's great. It it's um. So so yes. Yeah, so we're hoping it's kind of um similar trajectory. When that, don't get me wrong. Four arms and hog are another trio who are, they started. They've got a fantastic uh, following on YouTube and everything, and they're doing great gigs in the UK. But similar sort of, um, I suppose, model in terms of yeah. the social media thing. There's a few other people as well, yeah. and uh, it's uh, amazing. It's, it's a new amazing. thing. It's a completely new thing. You don't need a TV station. No, and it's, it's and and the, the the beauty of it is that 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 you you're in control of everything, mm-hmm. and your critics are your 
the people who log on and watch the sketch. Mm-hmm. You know. It's no middle person. There's no middle person going, yeah. I don't think you should do that. Or mm. I think we should shoot it that way. Mm. You're literally, you're the writer, producer, director, performer of everything that you you do. And you'll soon know whether it's gone well or not. You know, it's, yeah. it's a fantastic platform. It really is. Yeah, it is amazing because when we started out mm. uh, to uh, shoot a sketch, it would, ta- would have been a huge job. You would definitely, oh. you know, you would have had to, uh, someone, a camera for a start was an <laughs> tra- unbelievable <laughs> thing. Uh, thing that, uh, there was only one fella with a camera. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was nowhere to show it unless you no. just went around with a VHS tape. To people's houses, houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, and now with the iPad and the mics yeah. on, that we don't even have a mic. We don't even use. Pro- we d- we actually just use the iPad. Really? And yeah. the mic. Yeah, we don't even like. It's literally just all done on on the iPad. Oh, really? Yeah. Come on, I, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. It yeah. looks really good. And and do you shoot it yourselves? Um, we are Sinead's husband. Rahir is fantastic. He does all our. Editing, um, posting, and all that kind of stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's ideally, we we he sh- he shoots our stuff for us. Sometimes he's not free to. We have to do it if it's a two head, you know, just to kind of talk. Two hundred, you need one. someone else. But yeah. If if you're talking heads, you can shoot each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we just even or don't. We don't even bother um, doing that. Um, mm-hmm. We we kind of. Uh, we've we tried different things in terms of the sketches. We did more mm-hmm. concept stuff, um, mm-hmm. just as well creatively. You have to move on from the characters, or you just get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a lot of kind of co- concept stuff, um, which was very exciting because we didn't know how that was going to go. Um, but we did one. The first kind of one that really hit hit you know got a lot of views was the the lunches doing the lunches. It was mm-hmm. a very very simple sketch. Um, Literally just making school lunches, mm, mm. Um, and then um, and then we kind of went, oh okay, so doing the homework, you know, um, the morning routine. Um, so they're all sort of these sort of you know very relatable mm. um, ideas. So you, it's almost like there's a formula to them. So you sit down and say, well, what's the most relatable thing about about those moments that yeah. send you over the edge? Um, you know, finding yeah. the socks in the morning. You know, you just have have those little a bit like stand up, really, the way you'd write stand up. Yeah. You know, you'd, what's the joke about about that? About getting kids up for school? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what's the what are the main things that finding the lunch boxes? Yeah. Someone doesn't like something. You know, it's yeah. it's it's. Um, and are you surprised sometimes about what takes off? Yeah, we yeah we really are, and mm. we're surprised about sometimes what doesn't take. <laughs> yeah, well, it, that's like stand up because when you think you have a great idea and you do it in front of a live audience, you go, oh no, that didn't work, and then something you was throw away really worked. Really worked, yeah, mm. or something you thought maybe a joke was too obvious is mm. the biggest laugh. Mm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of so we did this sketch, um, how Irish people are coping with the heat wave, and we did that obviously during the heat wave. Yeah. Um, and we, when I tell you, myself, Sinead, were here and all the kids went down to the beach um, and we said, look, we'll have a day on the beach and we'll just sort of, you know, oh yeah, Carmel and Debs can be waking up, you know, mm. burnt and Eleanor and Amy can have champagne and be all, you know, trying to be fabulous. And there was all these, you know, jokes or whatever. 
I'm not saying we threw together by any stretch. We always work hard to make sure it looks good and all of that. But we had no, we thought, ah, yeah, that's a nice, that's yeah. a funny idea, you know, little sketch about the heat wave. Yeah. Just, just completely stu- like went viral. Um, mm. So you, it's interesting if it's in the zeitgeist, like properly in the zeitgeist, mm. um, it, it tends to work, it tends to, to go really well yeah um you know things like mother's day and that right um, yeah mother's Valentine's day Stadium. sketch yeah i saw that yeah yeah, um, yeah and and then it's to have a little angle on it not mm. just jokes about mother's day but the joke for the mother's day one was getting shit presents for mother's day mm-hmm. so you have to also try and find another little funny angle on it mm-hmm. um so yeah, absolutely. You, you you just don't know what's what's going to work. Um, I think the main thing is um, obviously the sketches sell the shows. So uh, it's to have the um, it's to have the you know to have the discipline of of putting stuff out every week or two weeks. Yeah, right. Which yeah. is hard. It's yeah. hard at times because you're you're gigging as well. Yeah. And then we've got the deadline of the book, so it's oh, wow. it's That's pretty full on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and then when you're doing it live, I guess you've got to change it a bit. You know, you you've got to have a dynamic. You, yeah, you know, you've got to, well with the writing. The second show um, was was hard because um, we we had to kind of push the boat out a little bit in terms of doing something different. They wanted to see the the familiar characters, the mm. other, the old characters, but we had to do new characters. So we have um, two teenage characters, um, which we brought in. Um, and my kids are now 14, 13, so they're not quite... We were doing, like, 16, 17-year-olds. Mm. So we had to go off and research that a bit, mm. um, meet my friends' kids and, and really talk to them and get all the lingo and everything's lit, everything's so lit. Is that right? Yeah. Apparently, lit. apparently, yeah, it's going to be lit. Right. Yeah, yeah, so lit. Yeah, that's That amazing. means good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, yeah, I thought it might be, but... <laughs> My daughter doesn't say that, but maybe she says it to her friends. I think it, yeah. So it's all that kind of stuff, and <laughs> then, um, yeah, and then we we actually talking about the lunches and the homework. We we rewrote, um, we took ideas from the sketches and tran- transferred them onto the stage, but that's not as easy as it looks either because no. you have to write the sketches. For the live show, um, you have to make them very gag-based. So you have to have this... You can't... <laughs> it doesn't work. It's like a different, totally different medium. Absolutely. I, I, I've, I, You've I've been done through that. that. Yeah, I've been through that, yeah, yeah. where something falls flat. And it's just a little rewrite can totally... Yeah, you just have to punch it up. You yeah. have to find the jokes, really. It's what live shows are all about, the joke, really. Yeah. Um, and whereas in the it... lunches, you, 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 you have these almost funny really funny moments that mm-hmm. are like the jokes in the sketch. Does that make any sense? And yeah, that works because yeah, yeah. it's an overall funny idea that, yeah. that works. And but and it, a look can work in a, look in, in, totally, in a video and online, totally, totally, yeah. live. Yeah. yeah. So we did that. We've got a lunch sketch. We've got a homework sketch. A sketch yeah. doing the homework. Um, yeah. And, and how long is your show? Like the show is two hours. Wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Serious? show is two hours. Yeah. So That's it's amazing. and then we a lot of work. It's a lot of work, um, but we've we've st- we've extended the tour till the end of December. We've been touring mm. this one since September last year, so we've amazing. we've gotten three seasons out of this, which mm. is great. Um, and I think you put so much work into it that mm. you 
you know, I think that's the really hard thing about comedy because I keep seeing all these shows that, you know, these other shows people have done. He did that four years ago. How come How come he's doing that again? You know, like dr- with drama. Yeah. Oh, like with, with, you, with drama, you but you can't do that show, with comedy. No, you can't. Yeah. Like you, you can get two years maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, music is ridiculous. I mean, you can be, if you had one hit song, you play that for the rest of your life. (laughs) Imagine if you had a great comedy routine you could just do for the rest rest of your your life. life. She'd be made up. Should Des Bishop be doing his immersion (laughs) material when he's 70? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, Yeah, but you have to be so prolific. You've really got to keep writing all the time. You Mm. really have to keep writing stuff but you know writing the book is is great as well because we are we're coming up with um really funny ideas for that yeah and you go you know what that's going in the third show yeah 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 yeah. so you get a little bit clever about it Mm -hmm. i think you 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 start to see it like a bit more like a business sometimes and kind of go yeah we're you know um because as you know yourself coming up with new material is like Mm. ah, stand up especially it's hard yeah but actually you're right working on one thing can give you ideas for another thing and it kind of works better because you're not going I have to write this stand up and this is really hard but if you start writing on sketches you go oh I could use that in stand up or you know vice versa yeah yeah exactly but you you did uh, uh, characters before you did uh, Dirtbird you did Carmel didn't you I did Carmel and Carmel is Mm. is in Dirtbirds it's Carmel will never Carmel teamed Mm. up with Debs Uh, uh, Debs is is her friend so Debs and Carmel uh, are they they make an appearance, um, and I did Carmel on my own as stand up in the first show. Um, but I kind of, I mean, I actually did her because I I used to gig with you gig with Pat Short as well. Yes, uh, yeah. supported Pat and his yeah, tours, and me. I did that for a long for on and off for a couple of years, um, which was great for Carmel because I just gave me the discipline to to write, well, to have forty minutes material, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed her, and I did her for quite a few years. You actually did a fundraiser for me for the school my kids are That's in. That's right, yeah. And you were really heavily pregnant at the time. Oh, which yeah, which worked brilliantly for It her. actually did work for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I remember, right, I remember that, yeah. You had yeah. to have a stool on the stage to lean on, and, you, and your mother-in-law was there. Uh, Phelan's <laughs> mother came. That's right. To yeah. mind you, because you were so me. near... You, it just reminded me, I totally forgot she, ah, God love her, yeah, she's, she died since, she's, yeah, that's um, 10 years ago, she's, God, that's a while back, I must have been pregnant with, God only knows, the second one, Milo maybe, but she worked, it worked great, Um, I, I, I was, I had loads of energy when I was pregnant for some reason, so it never really bothered me, Um, and of course the character, it just, there was so much material, there was so much material, I think that's what I loved about just writing about something that exactly you're actually going through at the time it wasn't yeah. it was really real you know um it was hilarious that <laughs> you were pregnant it i mean i don't know some people might have thought it was just fake oh they did yeah loads of people loads of people said oh your padding is is looks really authentic you yeah. know the, the way you pad it up <laughs> your 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 uh, prosthetic bump. They used oh to right, say. yeah. And I'd say, well, no. Do you want to have a feel? <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah, no. Um, that's right. And I did a gig in Scaries actually. Um, in the Blue Bar in Scaries, way up to the end. I think I was like a week or two to go. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, but like that again, you had to take the take the L work. 
Yeah. When it came, so. Imagine your um, son was at Milo's, Is uh, he can hear laughter. Uh, I know. He's in there. In the womb. In the womb, listening yeah, to. Yeah, totally. And he's and actually, yeah, he's, he's, he's quite a funny fella as well. So yeah, right. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyway, you're going on tour now. You're touring yeah, for the next. We're touring for the next. Uh, well, we're we're basically we're touring till the end of December. Yeah, and um, uh, we're all over the place. You've got we're a w- uh, website is and yeah, a Facebook page. Yeah, we so dirtbirds.net um, mm-hmm. is the website, um, and then we're all our sketches and everything are uh, well, we're Instagram and YouTube, mm. um, but we were sort of born on Facebook. Um, so we're a Facebook page Dirtbirds for all the sketches and we're we're all over the place we're in the Pavilion um, we're in Galway we're in Dundalk in Anton um, we're all over the place and uh, and a big tour already booked for the autumn so right cool well brilliant it's great stuff yeah thanks a million thanks a lot not at all Joe cheers Well, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if anybody's out there would like to do a, a, a sponsorship of the podcast, uh, I could do an ad for you. And I can do lots of different types of ads. And I could do a posh ad like this one. Watch the sun go down behind the old Kinvara graveyard. Then relieve yourself against an ancient stone wall before heading home to Kitteny Castle. Then throw your feet in the fire and watch them burn while enjoying a glass of Monterey Malbec wine. Kitteny Castle. Come for a weekend. Leave two days later. Or I could do just a common man like this one. Only four corners in your room. Come to Corners and Corners for more corners and better value. That's Corners and Corners, just around the corner. But yeah, if uh, you think that would work. But uh, So I'm going to do my usual and tell you the gigs that I have coming up. And uh, you can um, go if you like. So I'm doing the Laughter Lounge this uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday with Patrick McDonald, with Father Ted Knight, I suppose you would call it. Uh, we do our stand-up, and uh, there is a lovely girls' competition. And uh, on Sunday, we're down at the Jess Fest down in Wexford, and uh, we're doing a a little gig there. Me and Patrick, again, a little gig down there, and uh, i uh really looking forward to that. That's a really good festival down there, yes, but on a Sunday night. Uh, you'll find us in the programme. We're doing a little restaurant there. And on the 11th of May, I'll be in O'Connor's in Bally de Hob. And I, I'm going to stay down there. And I love Bally de Hub and I love that area, West Cork. What a lovely place. Wow. I have a few other gigs that are, uh, I guess they're kind of private type gigs. Yes, they are. Uh, until I go to the 24th of May, I'll be in the theatre with Pat McDonald in Moat. I think it's called the Ard Tua or something, but it's the theatre in Moat. And we're doing a two-hour show there. Um, and uh, we're in Athlone as well on the 30th of May. Ooh, uh-huh. And then the 31st, 
I'll be doing a gig there, as I said earlier, uh, with pa- uh, Colin McDonnell, uh, Sharon Mannion, and um, Emily Ashmore on the 31st of May. Lovely venue, Anderson's. And then on the 1st of June, I'll be in the source with Patrick McDonnell in Thurlis. Thurls. Thurlis? Thurls. Anyway, the Source Arts Centre there. Uh, and uh, be in Calorglin on the 6th of June and the 7th of June. It's a corporate gig. On the 8th of June, I'm in the Ardowan with Patrick in Enniskillen. Up there in Enniskillen. Not too far from where I am here, to be honest. But... Uh, uh, and then I'm going to be in a musical. If you're interested in seeing me in a mus- my first ever performance in a musical, I'll be in a, a show called Broadway, um, Angel of Broadway, in uh, the National Concert Hall on the 12th of June and the 13th of June. And I will be... Very nervous about that first time with a full orchestra, first time doing a musical. Uh, and I'll probably be at Body and Soul and then I'll be heading off to Glastonbury at the end of June to do uh, some improv gigs and a bit of stand-up at the Glastonbury Festival. So I can't wait for that. It'll be my third Glastonbury and it's always good. Uh, so, yeah, so... Um, not sure who I have on next week. There's a couple of people in the pipeline, but uh, uh, I will definitely get back to talking with the lads, Patrick McDonald, Paul Woodfull and Paul Tyler, because that was a great crack. So anyway, see you soon. See you around, baby. Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.